CAD applications um, are very susceptible to a thing that's called latency. You know, one of the big things uh, with, with, the, with the cloud, it's great, it's huge, it's big, but it's not down the hall, okay? It's, it's, you know, it's across the street, it's across the country, it might be across the world. Ever heard a word that you think you know what it means, but you get the sense talking with someone else that they're using it in a different way? How do you know who is right? Do you really know what it means? The cloud is one of those words. Is it a pretty white fluffy thing in the sky? Is it something that you store pictures in? Is it something that your IT department harnesses for data? Welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I'm your host, Todd Wyant. This is the show where we empower you to transform industries by championing innovation. You're invited to join me on my mission to embrace and share the innovations transforming the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing industries. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our new website, bridgingthegappod.com. And please share with your friends and coworkers while leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, I'm excited to talk with Doug Dahlberg, Director of IT Operations at Applied Software. Welcome to the show, Doug. Hey, thank you very much. That's a well-written intro. Oh, thanks. Well I do what done. I can. Wow. <laughs> uh, can you start by giving us just a, a brief overview of your background? Sure. I've been in the architecture and engineering uh, community for about 25, 30 years. Uh, I started out as an architectural firm, moved to an engineering firm. Uh, I've had all kinds of roles from CAD operator to IT manager to a partner in a firm. Kind of nice. did the whole gamut, even office manager. I had that tossed in. Yeah, jack of all trades there. Thank you. Uh, so I'd like to start kind of unpacking this vague, uh, mysterious term that is being thrown out there a lot. Because uh, my hunch is that it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And that's the cloud. So let's take a moment and kind of define sure. what is the cloud. Yeah, the cloud, uh, the definition of the cloud. Um, it's a, it, it doesn't have a lot of uh, boundaries and definitions, just like in, and it's always changing, just like real clouds. Yeah. But in a nutshell, it's services and software that are deployed through the internet that are not run on your computer or in your data center. You're getting them from somewhere else. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Uh, can you unpack what kind of the traditional method for managing your IT infrastructure, and what are some trend lines that you're noticing moving forward? Sure. So as far as uh, traditionally, you know, you'd have an office and you'd want to centralize all your stuff. Kind of put, put your eggs in one basket. Okay. Uh, it makes it easier to manage. It's cheaper. You're not having a lot of duplication. Um, it's great when you have one office, but as your company grows and everybody who's successful, their company grows, mm -hmm. and then you end up having to duplicate that in different locations. So you end up with a tech sprawl. Yeah. So everything kind of grows out of control and it's not really easily manageable. Yeah, I imagine that would get pretty chaotic really it, quick. It, you know, it starts out great when you're a small company, but as you get bigger, you know, your skill sets have to grow with it. But then all of a sudden, you notice your technology is, is just out of control and you need that, you know, what's next? What's going to help me get there? Yeah. The cloud can be that. Gotcha. So what are some things to think through before migrating data to the cloud? So uh, migrating data to the cloud, um, you really, it's not just as, you know, it's not just storing the pictures there, right? Uh -huh. It's about understanding what your company does for a workflow. Um, and there are certain applications that work great in the cloud. You know, uh, web applications, those are great in the cloud. Email, those are great in the cloud. Uh. But there's, there, there are other applications that are um, sensitive to how, they're, how they work that a cloud is not the fit. 
and it's understanding what your business is and how it works, whether the cloud works for you or not. And it's going to work for you in different areas. It's just not a one solution fits all kind of kind of kind of gimmick. Yeah, gotcha. So what do you see as kind of the top benefits for a company to migrate to the cloud? Well, you know, from as an IT professional, one of the biggest things is cost savings because mm -hmm. you're able to take, you know, as you have those, uh, it's economics of scale, I, I believe is the term. Uh, they can do things, they can store things cheaper than you can or uh -huh. I can. Uh, the reliability, they can come up with um, these crazy uh, reliability standards like Amazon has got uh, nine nines of reliability. So what that means is uh, every 10,000 years, they're gonna lose one file. Oh, that's, that's pretty that, good. That, that's what it comes <laughs> down ratio. to. I was like, well, how do we know? We haven't got there, but it's just mm -hmm. the amount of stuff they put into the data centers and the engineers, they're doing all these great, um, you know, this, these, this technology that scales out because you have Amazon, they have Google, you have Azure, they're all mm -hmm. chasing one another. And as the end consumer, we're the benefactors of all this great competition. It gets cheaper. It gets faster and it gets more reliable. Nice. Can't beat that. No, I can't. So I'm assuming that it's it's not as easy as, you know, just kind of magically pushing a button and poof, you're you're in the cloud. What are some of the different kind of methodologies on migrating data or migrating to the cloud for people to kind of think through before they started? Okay. So uh, you can be really thoughtful about it mm -hmm. or you knew cannonball. It's either all in or you're gonna be very thoughtful about it. Um, you really wish, you know, I hate to go back to what we talked about earlier, but it's really about understanding your workflow. Yeah. Um, like in architectural and engineering firms, there are certain applications that benefit greatly from the cloud, and there are certain applications that uh, are really horribly impacted by using the cloud. Uh, cloud storage is not a very um, CAD-friendly environment. So. Um, but there are a lot of other areas that are for collaboration and sharing and then working like uh, with other firms internally and externally. Uh, the cloud really enables that. I mean, it, it just really is about going back to understanding what you do and what your people do. Mm -hmm. uh, any advice on kind of some things to think through while you're going through your workflow of this would be a good thing for the cloud, this would not? Uh, sure. Um, Email is a natural one. Uh, the, the type of technology that uh, drives websites, emails, is a disconnected con uh, technology, is not done a live streaming. I don't know if you, if you get that or not. Uh -huh. We're not constantly streaming email. You get a notification, it pops up when you have email. It's not constant. CAD applications um, are very susceptible to a thing that's called latency. You know, one of the big things uh, with, with, the, with the cloud, it's great, it's huge, it's big, but it's not down the hall. Okay, it's it's you know it's across the street, it's across the country, it might be across the world. Okay, so my internet, your internet, uh, internet from five years ago, it's all the same speed. Uh -huh. It's not how fast the internet, it's how much of the internet you get. So you know when they, when you're when you're buying like home internet, they're always talking about bandwidth. I think bandwidth right. is a better term than using speed because it's all the same speed. It's do you have a seventy-five meg pipe or do you have a twenty-five meg pipe? It's still the, it's the width of the data coming uh -huh. at you, not how fast it is. Interesting. So it's like a water pipe, you know. I could have a big water pipe at home, you know, but the water still has to go from the pumping station to my house. Right. Same with the internet. So if the cloud, the way the data works, some data doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't behave well when it's in a high latency uh, environment. Like if it takes a while to get there, I got lots of it, but it's coming in these really big slow chunks. Mm -hmm. 
certain CAD applications don't do well, that certain applications that have SQL plugins that are live and they do this kind of pulsing type thing. When they don't get that pulse back, mm -hmm. things kind of crumble. Gotcha. They kind of fall apart. So uh, latency is the big thing about the cloud because the cloud is, it's here, it's everywhere. It's just not in your building. Right. Gotcha. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Interesting. Uh, so what are some reasons why a firm might opt not to migrate to the cloud? And you know, are they, are they valid reasons or are they just kind of burying their head in the sand because the cloud is here to stay? That's a very interesting one. Uh, a lot of times we get here, we hear the term, I'm not going to the cloud, it's not safe. Mm -hmm. You know, we get a lot of these stories from the mainstream media that will exemplify uh, really, oh, look what happened here. Somebody got in and this company's now out of business. Mm -hmm. Those are very rare and, and far in between. Um, they're just widely publicized. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you think about the resources I could throw at, at securing a solution, around my company compared to like a, a, like an Amazon or Azure, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. They've got the resources to really throw a lot of security around things. So you get people who are like, well, I don't want to get in the cloud because it's going to be everybody has my data if, I, if there's a security issue. That's not the issue. That that's that's that you're you're more. What is it? It's safer to ride in an airplane than it is in a car. Yeah. But I honestly, on takeoff, do you actually believe that? <laughs> Everybody grips of, it a little yeah, tighter. That's exactly right. <laughs> so when it comes back to the internet and then the cloud stuff, like, sure, it's safer. You know, um, my office is not as safe as, as the cloud stuff. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's actually kind of the reverse. Interesting. It's just hard to believe. Like I said, you know, at, at takeoff, I'm one of those people that's, I think I feel better in my car. Yeah. Yeah. No. So you were just talking about the safety element. One of the big fears that we hear a lot is around cybersecurity mm -hmm. and the cloud. Uh, and cybersecurity, you know, it's becoming this huge booming business. So what can people do to help mitigate those security risks or the perceived security risk of the cloud? That's a very good question. So stick with services that have an SLA, a service level agreement. Okay. Um, that's basically where your provider is putting his money where the mouth is. He's putting his money where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. He's going to give you the service. He's going to protect you. And uh, it's in his financial best interest to do it. Otherwise, uh, he's going to lose money. Um, it, that's just one of the best things you can do. Because uh, if it's going to affect you, it's going to affect a thousand other people. They're mm -hmm. not going to let that happen. Uh, just because it's it's financially uh, ruin it's ruinous to them. They just yep. can't do that. So, you know, looking for SLA. So, uh, going for you know the big brand names, uh, you know sticking with names you know big companies, uh, you know going with your Microsofts, going with your uh, Google, going with you know AWS. Go with the big brand names. Look at the SLA and seeing what you're getting into, and then seeing what your um, mitigating clauses are. But if you stick to that stuff, it, you're going to be a lot more reliable, and you're going to have a lot uh, better security resources resources at your disposal mm -hmm. than you know something you buy off the shelf and try to do yourself because in that case you're the only expert mm -hmm. whereas I were to call somebody and say you know Microsoft I've got thousands of experts I can talk to and rely on right and yeah, that makes sense the collective mind is always better than 
the individual. Oh, the high-priced uh, experts. Always beats uh, me doing it, right? Yeah. So, and it kind of shifts the risk and, uh, you know, the uh, potential downfall. You know, oh, the, the burden, burden over the, the burner is Thank possible. you. Yeah, burden. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's economics of scale. I mean, they, they can do things faster, more secure, and cheaper than we can. Sure. Um, it, it just, you know, that's one of the terms you'll hear a lot with the cloud is economics of scale. You know, it's about reliability, it's performance, security falls in there. They can have more people looking at things than we can. Yeah. It's re real simple. Yeah. Uh, so how does the cloud help protect a business in the, the unfortunate event of some sort of disaster, you know, hurricane strikes or mm -hmm. earthquake happens? Gosh, you hear those all the time in the news and it just seems to be, you know, the global warming you hear about all these disasters all the time. Um, all these data centers, and, and like Microsoft Azure, for, for instance, they have 56 regions, but there's like over 100 data centers that cover these because they put a data center in where there's Amazon or Azure or Google, and the buildings themselves, all the data inside replicates across the building. The buildings themselves repl replicate to other data centers. So it's really hard to take any of these data centers down because the other one takes over for it. Uh -huh. All this, it's, it's self-healing, the workload shifts, uh, it's very, very difficult. It's this huge, massive infrastructures that, you know, I can put a UPS in a building, I can put a server in there and I can call it redundant. You know, I can say I've got internet and I've got a second internet. But these places, it's, it's you know, you've got hundreds of data centers, you know, thousands of people. It's just that economic scale, you can't compete with that. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, you know, your data is much more safe in a cloud type environment because uh, just the infrastructure that goes into it. It's, 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 it's really neat. And if you ever get a chance to tour one of these data centers, you should take it, take you up down the opportunity and try it out. It's really neat. Yeah, cool. Uh, so as a, a veteran IT professional, I'd love to get some of the, the stories from you of the good and everybody loves a, a juicy bad story of cloud migrations. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll change names to protect the innocent. Yeah. So, um, a good one. So email, that, that's an easy one. Um, moving people to a, uh, a cloud-based uh, email system, it's, it, you can't compete. Uh, if you were to like say, hey, I've got like 100 people working for me now, mm -hmm. and my company is really great, and they buy another company, right? So then all of a sudden, guess what? You just inherited 50 more employees. And that's just the first office that's coming board. You got another three offices, another 100. So yeah. you have to pick up 150 employees. Well, you're gonna look at your email server and you're like, well, that guy's toast. Uh, in the cloud, it's just a couple of clicks away. Office 365 is a great example of being able to not only give out email, but give out you know SLA-backed, uh, rich, and more storage that you can do in your own server data center. So those are uh, that one's a no-brainer, and we took advantage of it. We've done you know several acquisitions along the way, and it's so much easier just to add people that way. It's a it's, it's literally it's a couple of clicks away. I don't have to spin up anything. It's just a mouse click away. Now nice. the unfortunate side stuff, we do uh, know a couple of war stories. So there was an engineering firm and uh, engineering architectural, I don't really remember. We don't want to really just specify, <laughs> just keep it kind of kind of um, mysterious. We're not naming any names. No, absolutely not. We'll put it in the show notes. No, yeah, no disclaimers, <laughs> you know, uh, but they had actually moved to the cloud for storage, mm. but instead of using a, um, uh, an appliance that would cache it or something like that. They actually were just, you know, all their employees were connected to a cloud storage service that was more of a document management service. Mm -hmm. 
and it wasn't compatible with their CAD applications. So they had really gotten to the point where they spent all this time and all this effort and were uploading and had all their file systems up there and they went through this and they went and they didn't really, I, I don't know if they really vetted out the system prior uh -huh. to rollout and switching over for production, but their production ground to halt because um, that latency, that little thing we were talking about speed earlier, it's not right. really, everybody's the same speed, it's the volume, it's that distance to the cloud you know, you know, where you'd open a, a file in under 10 seconds, that became eight minutes. Yikes. So then if you think about the, all the staff and every time you open, every time you hit save, it's a coffee break. Yeah, it's pretty miserable. It, 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 it literally, it really, it really impacted them greatly. And it was, it's a great storage system. The, what they went to is a great document management system. It just did not work with their workflow. It was not compatible with what they were doing. And that's just one of those things where you, you really have to know what you do, yeah. what your workflow is, and understand your applications, your end users, and give them the right solution. Unfortunately, that didn't work out well for them. Hmm. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software's Live Lab Learning a virtual classroom experience where students can listen, interact, and learn from veteran real-world application specialists in real time from anywhere in the world. LiveLab is the affordable, convenient way for your staff to take Autodesk certified training courses and even earn some AIA continuing education credits, all from the comfort of your own office. Visit ASDI.com for more information and let them know we sent you. Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, you really got to kind of see the, the end in mind but and work backwards almost of this is what we want, but this is kind of the reality of what we got. Yeah, yeah. It, it's married the two. Yes, there is a reality check because, you know, the cloud is not some uh, silver bullet panacea that what's going to cure all everybody's ills. That'd be it, nice, though. It, I'm sure marketing would love that but it, it can't it's just not it's just not possible mm -hmm. the way technology is today and it's and it's learning to work to change your workflows to take advantage of the things that are great and then you know this is not going to work right now let's just stick with this let's do something different here because yeah. not everything can go there um do you remember back and well, you probably don't all right so i'm older and i remember back when cd roms first came out for computers so yeah. they went from floppy disks to putting everything on cds so there people would just all of a sudden just start throwing all this it's a CD-ROM version of X. And they would just start throwing CDs at you of all this junk. They didn't actually make uh, better software. They said, well, I don't have to worry about storing. I just give you one CD instead of 50 floppies. There you go. So you got this plethora of software that came out uh, taking advantage of the new format. But it wasn't any better. It was just garbage. It was just like more junk. Now there's more my computer gone because you installed, you know, this software was, you know, a couple of megs before. Now it's a couple of gig. Yeah. There goes my computer. I'm full now. Thank you very much for this encyclopedia of nothing. Nice. The CD makes me laugh. I'm taking a side tangent here, but my memory of CDs is burning music CDs. Oh uh, yeah. Mixed. I was. I got very into it. I, I, have a, I was really good DJ. And oh really? really? Started mixing a lot of CDs. It was, it was great. Great fun. One of my <laughs> my favorite memories of CDs is. Um, Back in the day, AOL used to be a huge internet subscriber. Yeah, you know, sure. Down stores. Sure. So you would always get these little AOL CDs in right. the mail, like like all once the time. a week. Yeah. So they, you know, the secretaries would come up and say, "Here you go. You can just reuse that, right?" No, you, you well, it's just like a floppy, isn't it? Can you? No, you you can't reuse it. So it's like you mean they're just throwing this out in the garbage? I'm like, yes. That's just a terrible <laughs> waste. Like I know. I mean, all these. If you, I, I you know. I wonder how many AOL CDs are in the landfills across America. 
probably a lot. Oh, it's just a whole layer. Oh yeah, it's a whole layer. <laughs> they, they check the strata. Yeah, we're in the 90s here. You can tell by the AOL CD levels, you know, and there we can see, you know, the eight tracks were down here. <laughs> That's just, right. You can just kind of do an archeological. They'll find it out in a hundred years when they're Yeah, just do a cross-section. We can look back. CDs, look, AOL, yeah. Like, what are these things? This is random. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned scalability yes. with the cloud. So how does the cloud really help a company become scalable? It takes, it gives you access to a global data center. Uh, you have, it's democratization of technology. So a company nowadays can literally go and move certain services to the cloud mm -hmm. and there's no scale limit. Basically, it's whatever you can afford to pay. Okay, so that's a little bit of a scale limit, let's be honest. But as far as what you were to go do stuff yourself because, uh, on your own versus mm -hmm. the cloud services, like from five years ago, in a, a company now can have like the global uh, um, a Forbes 500 fortune companies technology list. You know, they're, oh, this is your menu of all the cool technology they've got. I've got that now today. I've got access to data centers. I'm able to give my employees the ability to do work. So today's trend is, as far as like um, what folks do, a lot of people work from home. That's kind of the new normal, right? Sure. It's something a, a lot of folks get to benefit from uh, when they're working with technology. And now is beyond just give me my email, give me a phone at home. It's complete connectivity. And being able to connect those folks to all the different types of technology you can really do that now, thanks mm -hmm. to a lot of the services in the cloud. Whereas mm -hmm. five years ago, that was you know the stuff that was reserved for the Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. uh, so now you've got this huge um, ability to do this at will. It's, yeah. it's, it's really neat, and so that's exciting if you're the geeky IT guy. Yeah, no, so. that's cool. Uh, so collaboration is huge, major buzzword in yep. the AEC industry. What effect does the cloud have on collaboration between you know multiple firms and even a firm that has multiple offices. Yeah, um, so we, we actually there's a, there's a lot of great ways to collaborate. Uh, most of them, you know, for 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 AE, uh, we're talking about uh, applications that we're going to take advantage of something like say BIM 360. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a really good product uh, that allows internal collaboration and the external collaboration you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. It does allow you to then share projects. It's a great Revit-based product. Uh, works with Revit. Just added Civil 3D support, so it's it's constantly branching out mm -hmm. uh, and improving, getting better. Now you can. That's a good one for doing. You know. Um, kind of a limited collaboration because it's limited on the different file formats. Gotcha. If you want to do uh, whole hog, go on in and be kind of like file agnostic. I want to mm -hmm. collaborate on everything between all my offices. Mm -hmm. You look at something like a Panzero type uh, file system okay. that doesn't care if it's Revit, doesn't care if it's MicroStation, doesn't care if it's Civil 3D. It just works. It does collaboration. It allows it between all your offices and it's agnostic. Uh, it's the... Um, kind of technology that does it seamlessly, requires no training. Um, I can't say enough nice things about it, sorry. No, that's great. Yeah, I'd love for you to kind of unpack what Panzer is a bit more. Sure, it's a hybrid file system okay. that allows you to have multiple uh, caching appliances. Basically, I've got a file server that looks like it's in every office or can uh -huh. be up in the cloud actually. And that's one of the neater implementations. So I have you know, a couple offices, I've got a Panzer in there and every person, regardless of whatever office, they always see the same files at the same time. Revit works. Whereas, you know, traditionally, if you're gonna work in Revit with a couple of friends or whatever in your mm -hmm. office, it's gotta be in your office. Now Revit on Panzer lets you do that 
in any office in North America. You can basically work uh, collaboratively. So if you're uh -huh. an architect and you've got multiple studios across the country, it's everybody's in. We completely support that. That works real great. Mm -hmm. It works great with Civil 3D. That works off. It works uh, fantastic. It works with all the different offices because with different workflows, you know, you'll have like in a civil firm, you have one branch that's doing survey, one that's doing the road design, you have one that's doing the site design, one that's doing hydraulic studies, mm -hmm. and you're able to leverage a different uh, people. You have the different geographies on one project as opposed nice. to shipping the stuff around or shipping the people around like mm -hmm. we used to do that. And honestly, it's great for quality of life because if I want to retain my employees, you know, keeping them busy is, is, is one of the great ways of doing it and letting them work on projects across the country yeah. with different people th that just, um, it just brightens their day. It makes it a more fulfilling work life when you get to do things without having to actually go to different places. It, it's, it cuts down travel costs. Sure. You get to work with all these different folks. It's a collaboration's a neat thing. Yeah. I, I really, it's one of the neat things about Panzer. It really enables it. That's awesome. Very nice. So I got one more question sure. for you, and it's about how IT departments can be more proactive with their budgets. But if you want to hear Doug's answer to that question, you're going to need to subscribe to our podcast. Gotcha. <laughs> Doug, yes, that one about the strata, that was, <laughs> I was having so much trouble not laughing out loud. Uh -huh. If you think about all the garbage we throw away, you can just look through time. AOL, or it, it's, it's almost like when you watch the, uh, all right, so I'm a big Simpsons fan. Yeah. Watching the intros to the Simpsons, you see all their different gags they do. They change through the years. Like they had one was the, it was AOL. So back in the day when you'd log on the AOL, it would say loading. So they did one or it was just like, you know, AOL, thank you. Oh, the awful, awful noise. <laughs> And he's like, click, cancel, cancel, never mind, never mind, never mind, ding, 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 that noise it would make, you yeah. know, cancel. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, the garbage, I guess, is the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Stuff that doesn't exist anymore. Do you remember Real Audio? Do I remember that one? I don't think so. That was supposed to be the, the audio player format uh -huh. going forward. So, like, it was, it was it, when Flash came out, then there was Real Audio, uh -huh. and that was supposed to be this great audio MP. Is before MP3 was made open source. Okay. So it was like audio format, and it was like, yeah, we own this format. Your music's in there. You need to have our software, right? They thought it was genius. They thought it was genius. <laughs> yes. Now you've got a format that a lot of audio went in. Yeah. Then nobody has the software to play anymore. And there's the rub. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tricky part. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what Google's mission statement is? Uh. -uh. Google's mission statement is to record all human knowledge in 300 years. Creepy, actually. Well, they want to report everything, <laughs> but they've given themselves 300 years to do it. Yeah. But think about everything that has come before us, getting all of that into Google. That's a lot. So it's kind of... I mean, it, I mean, they already have a pretty good jump start on that, I'm yeah. sure. Well, they got my email, right? They got, no. Yeah. yeah, that's not really worth saving, though. For, for, you know, in a, in, you know, in a million years from now, I don't see anybody really wanting to see... You know, the neighborhood next door post for, you know, the Doug was looking at, you know. Yeah, there's that dark barking dog. Some people dog get in again. trouble with emails and trying to delete, so don't don't go down that road. Ah. <laughs> My husband, you, you can go in and request all of your information from Google. He did it. It was mm -hmm. just gigabytes and gigabytes. Mm -hmm. It was like voice memos from like five years ago. He just opened it. My voice was in there. It was creepy. It is creepy. It is very creepy. 
Okay, back on. <laughs> well, I say all I you know for right now, what I'm getting from Google is the uh, the photos. Hi, do you want to see what it was like five years mm -hmm. ago? And there's these really great ones of my kids. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, Google's okay now. Yeah, Google's okay because that's a cute picture. I was like, oh, she, my daughter was adorable then. She's adorable now, but yeah, she was adorable then. You know, oh, that's how they get you. Yeah, yeah, they sell the sweet stuff, and then yeah, yep, yep. All right, let's. All right, last question. This last question, and then you're free to go. All then. All right, so Gartner's IT budget report found firms, specifically in the healthcare industry, often spend nearly 75% of their IT budgets on simply just maintaining the internal structure, just the status quo. Mm -hmm. How can firms change that dynamic and be more proactive with their IT budget? Well, let's kick up the status quo. Let's do something different. Uh, let's go for centralized storage mm -hmm. uh, that takes advantage of the cloud that includes all the things, all the bells and whistles that you normally pay separate for. Backup, disaster recovery, offsite, data uh, deduplication, all these features that you normally spend mm -hmm. money on the a la carte or different products to do, you find a product that does that. Uh, mm -hmm. Panzer is the one product that I know of that mm -hmm. does all that and it, it, it allows you to open up additional locations, offices, et cetera, without having to duplicate that entire sprawl of technology. Nice. So to support an office, you know, you don't have to spin up all those, you know, backup, DR, deduplication, offsiting. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. So nice. it's just one little appliance at each office. And you get centralized the data in the cloud, and the cloud has at least nine nines of reliability. So for 10,000 years, we don't have to worry about it. Nice. Well, that's pretty good. I'll take that. Sure. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for, for joining us on the show and unpacking the cloud and migration and where IT is going. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you to those tuning in. If you're interested in how the cloud uh, migration or Panzura can work for you, reach out to our sponsor, Applied Software, for a discovery call. Or you can visit ASDI.com and let them know we sent you. You can listen anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast, sponsored by Applied Software. Keep innovating. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Please spread the word by giving us a five-star review and share with your friends and coworkers. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our other applied software podcast, the AEC Disruptors. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is produced and directed by Alyssa Chartier, edited by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production, copyright Applied Software 2019.